0: Yeah, which actually brings up a very interesting uh, point of the week um, because yet another, um, uh, I guess you'd call him a social media influencer, has entered the space. Oh, yeah, Drizzy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I tweeted out, like, uh, you know, I wonder if Drake needs help with extracts. Yeah, (laughs) no response. (laughs) Come on, Canopy, don't leave me hanging. Yeah. (laughs) Used to call me on my burner phone, now what? Welcome
0: to High on Plants and Stoked on Science. My name is Ivan, aka Dr. Ivan Castleman.
1: And I'm Alex the Chemist. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about science, plants that get us high, and a little bit of everything else in our world. Every week, we sit down and talk about what's been going on in the world of cannabis and psychedelics. And put our own unique spin on current events and our opinion, of course, because the world needs more opinions and we think ours are pretty, pretty, pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Now let's get into what we're talking
0: about today. Yeah, that's right. So um I guess um being this this is our um very first podcast. Uh, I guess the uh the standard thing is to tell tell the listeners out there who we are and uh and then go from there. Sure. Go. Cool. All right. Um so uh, Doctors do, first what? Well, I was going to say, hey, you, you should go first. But, uh, um, yeah, so Dr. Ivan Castleman, I have a PhD in plant science. I'm the third generation of my family to work in the cannabis industry here in BC. Um, had uh, lots of experience in the black market and um, didn't like being a criminal anymore, so I stopped all that. Went back to school, got a few degrees. <laughs> Um, and then, um, yeah, I moved back to, to Canada in 2015 to start working in the cannabis industry. And since then, have worked with some interesting parties and some incredible people and met some incredible people and just really excited about being here now, you know, right time, right place, you know, cutting edge and, um, and loving it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what do you what do you what do you do for uh, your nine to five? Uh, yeah. So, nine to five. I am a cannabis science advisor. Uh, so I uh, advise um, cannabis executives on their primarily on their business strategy. But truth be told, most of them aren't ready for their, their science strategy yet. I just said business strategy, didn't I? No. Mm-hmm. So I primarily um, advise people on their science strategy, being that that's my expertise and my strength. But um, most. Companies aren't actually ready for that yet, so um, I end up doing a lot of business development. Um, so my favorite things to do are formulation. So I love you know formulating you know vape products and edibles, and then whatever else pays the bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reading a lot of papers. Yes, white Lots. papers in particular. Uh, yes, yeah, and writing white papers as yeah. well. So um, yeah, the the whole research side of things is is really interesting, and um, there's still an, there's a lot of surface level information out there, but. To, to do the deep dive, that's that's where it's really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. What yeah. about you? Yeah. So who, I'm... who are you? Who is Alex? <laughs> who Who am I really? Uh, Alex the chemist. So um, I started out in the cannabis industry about five years ago. In fact, to the day, uh, November eighth, twenty fourteen.
0: Whoa! This is like a this is like a, a a birthday. This is your cannabis industry birthday. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, I don't think I could tell you when I start. <laughs> it was a, a hazy day. A long, long, time ago. <laughs> Probably a Wednesday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's cool. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. And um, yeah, in my journey, uh, just being a medical patient, um, I was a bored, out of work chemist with the internet and I did not know how this was, um, how this was really affecting me. So I did what any good uh, you know, scientist would do and look up as many papers as you could. And then I found that there was this thing called the endocannabinoid system. And, uh, you know, with all these receptors, oh and all these different chemicals, yeah, go figure, um, that would uh, help um, alleviate some of these uh, symptoms of anxiety and depression and stress and um, some other things I was going on. And, and uh, you know, being an out-of-work chemist, uh, I sort of thought about this as a serious career opportunity uh, because I've never been one to shy away from um, uh, from risky situations. And about five years ago, it was still a little bit risky, especially from like um a stigmatized standpoint. Um, people, uh, weren't very accepting. I actually lost a couple of friends when I came out as a, uh, medical cannabis patient, uh, oh, wow. which, which really hurt at the time, but, um, really, you know, you, you just got to have love for them and just, you yeah. know, understand. And where are those people now? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, <I> no comment. <laughs> Six feet underground. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I just, uh, You know, like anybody else, I I started going to networking events, conferences, um, getting my feet wet, knowing who people were, um, and then uh, just jumped in. One day, I print off business cards in January 2016 and said I was a consultant, started working for dispensaries, LPs on the regulatory side, and um, did some contract work until I um, came out to uh, BC for the first time. Um, Which is where we met, at a former employer of ours. That's right, yeah. Um, and I was working with some uh, some growers out on the island and uh, really cut my teeth, um, understood more about the plant life cycle and some of the pros and cons of different growing methods and just really sparked my interest. So um, at, under the auspices of 420, I met uh, uh, my former CEO um, of uh, NextLeaf Solutions and we headed off well. He saw me speak in Toronto and then did a few contracts and then uh, moved out to BC permanently. And that was... Yeah, and then Ivan and I met. Definitely and, our
0: game. Definitely BC's game.
1: Yes, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's where Ivan and I met and uh, became very fast friends. And, Indeed. Um, after we both made the decision to um, pursue other ambitions, uh, we, we kind of dubbed ourselves as science mercs in a way. That's right. You know, we're... Uh, you know, both working separately, but also... Guns for hire. Yeah, in, in tandem. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how does that gun even work? I don't know. a yeah. scientist. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know either, really, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's like, you know, some oxides in there. I don't know. agents, <laughs> Oxidizer- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Potassium nitrate. The Star Trek episode, when he fought the Gorn, they they gave the recipe for gunpowder. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I haven't I haven't seen that one for yeah, a long so time. Carbon, potassium nitrate, and... Uh, and uh, the other thing yeah sulfur yeah yeah, I yeah. it was sulfur I, I, there's it's also in the anarchist cookbook oh was yeah one of
0: the very 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 first things that i ever downloaded off the internet oh that's that's it yeah. just got demonetized yeah <laughs> ah <Yeah>. oh, shit <laughs> well that's a wrap guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Same> <laughs> <there>. <laughs> i don't own a copy now <laughs> yeah <laughs> There I wasn't mean, very much didn't...
1: to download off the internet back in the day. Like. I know, and it took like an hour to like download <laughs> no, that one point no. eight three megabyte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like porn back in the day really sucked. Is like yeah, yeah. low res. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. we're yeah, I
0: mean Alex and our friends We're scientists. Um, we you know I think we um, we we like talking about the can- um, the cannabis industry, and uh, I think between the two of us, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of like we know really amazing people, and you know we're always keeping and. Yeah, maybe we can even hear my cats in the background. <laughs> it's a very homey feel. You're here with us. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we're just we're just cutting it raw. Yeah, today, Not, <laughs> no. Uh...
1: And for those wondering, it's Simba and Bear. Those are the two. That's cats. right. Those, those are the two cats. <laughs> yeah, they're just having a little bit of. They're they're adorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, Alex
0: and I, for similar but probably some and and also some different reasons, um, have decided to make a podcast. Which is why you're listening, or, mm-hmm. or what you're listening to, anyways. Maybe yeah. not why you're listening, but it is definitely what you're listening to. So, um, being that we're both scientists, I think that uh, the main topic of this uh, podcast is gonna be cannabis and all the incredible science that goes behind it. Um, you know, chemistry, botany, uh, all the incredible bioscience that, that goes behind it, um, you know, breeding. And tissue culture. I don't know. I'm, I'm. What What else is there?
1: And also the the business effects of these, of course, of yeah. all these things. Because one what, what of the things that um, I, I'd helped advise on a conference um, a, a couple of years ago, and they were focused solely on business. And mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, business is good, but what what executives really need to know and there is a lack of is understanding of the science like what is actually going on in the products that they're selling yes um even if they have a base level understanding that you know there's these cannabinoids and terpenes and other compounds that you know you can formulate and then you know these are the you know the first principles for the effects um and they don't need to know all the receptor ligand interactions or you know what's happening inside the body you just need to know only that. you know that yeah <laughs> and a select few you know the doctor in the name perhaps uh, um, but yeah the you know it really empowers business leaders to understand what and how uh, these products work yeah and cannabis is a very very complex plant
0: um, like I I, um, I I used to work in an analytical lab that um, tested all sorts of different natural products and you take a look at a lot of the products that I would uh, test for day-to-day, and these are the same products you'd see on shelves in health food stores and what, what what have you. And the complexity of those plants and the complexity of those formulations is much, much, much lower than any of the cannabis formulations that we're, we're dealing with now, or you know the incredible things that are coming our way in the future, because um, cannabis is a complex plant and we need to understand the, you know, we have to have the foundation of the science before we can you know, create incredible products or you know, you know, push that next level um, product to market or whatever. Um, I think another thing that I wanted to, to mention too is that um, so Alex and I are both academically trained um, scientists, but we both made a very um, uh, concerted effort to move into the business side of things. Because, you know, in academia, it's great. You get to you spend lots of time learning about, you know, very detailed things. But in business, things are moving all the time and you always get to be on the cutting edge and you always get to, well, if you choose to be, you can always be on the cutting edge and you always get to um, be working and well-funded work as well, which is a major differentiator between academia and business. It also serves my ADD brain too. Like yeah, I always have to be
1: on to that next thing.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. I get bored really quick too. So like, yeah. And as, as soon as something's like, you know, oh, extraction. That's so passe. We're on to the next thing. Let's do it. <laughs> what's next? What's what's new formulation? What's, what's yeah. new? What's new? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so yeah, I think that you know, um, both Alex and I, have, you know, we've we realized this niche that we're in is you know it's important, and we're you know. Hopefully, adding some value to the cannabis industry, and you know, um, running our, you know, su- you know, successful um, consulting businesses as well. So yeah, life is good.
1: Yeah, and also, you know, just to echo that, there is uh, such a, a deep need right now for people with with our skill sets, where we understand the the science of cannabis and extraction and, and yep. formulation development, um, and being able to work with uh, a number of different companies and you know, serve all of their needs because there's very few people that can fill those roles right now. And you can have the, the, the training, you like you could have a PhD in uh in chemistry, for instance, but if you don't know very much about science and you haven't had your hands into it and you don't know the industry or the landscape where it came from and sort of where it's going, um that's something that, that you and I really have a, a line on and can really yeah. offer people. Yeah. My industry. Fa-
0: one of my favorite things
1: to do is trend spotting.
0: Yeah. I love, I love, you know, digging through sort of like what people are doing or a lot of what we, we're seeing now in the legal industry in Canada and the U.S. Um, is based on what citizen scientists have been doing, you know, for decades. But what's happening is we're taking that citizen science and we're bringing it into, into the light we're adapting the methodologies and and putting the you know the the you know the business touch on it and and the regulatory touch on it and making what these these pioneers have created into you know very you know safe effective amazing you know commercial products for the for the for the industry and I think that you know Alex and I have been you know you know have have our our toe in that water as well, right? To um, to see what these these pioneers before us have done, and to you know to use those um, or what they've
1: done to yeah to create these incredible products. Yeah, and and you know another thing is um, we don't really have a stigma for who we've worked with or who we we've interacted with, and. Edit this out. Um, yeah, one one thing that, that I think, in particular with with you and myself, we have um, you know worked in the unregulated market, and uh, we're not afraid to interact with people on on both sides of legislation. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think the the value that that uh, I, I like to bring, or at least I like to think I bring, much like yourself, is. Um, know helping people transition into the legal market it's very difficult it's very hard um, but it comes with a mindset and I feel that there's a lot of people who you know have attempted to do this but they don't know how to approach people from the unregulated market yeah and like there's um there's a certain mindset certain considerations that you need to keep in mind when when interacting and also paying respect to the work that they've done for so long whether it's growing techniques whether it's serving patients or making their own products, which, to be quite honest, a lot of us have enjoyed in, in dispensaries and... Um, well, and some of us still do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but not us. Yeah, yeah. We no. only buy legal cannabis. Completely, yes. Yeah. Uh, for the regulators hearing this, and <laughs> 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 there's our disclaimer, asterisk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like to, to be quite honest, like we, we owe a lot of our industry to the people that came before us and made a lot of these products. Then you know people like myself and Ivan and other scientists will take that and uh, improve upon and optimize these these processes and formulations. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. a lot of stuff has to be optimized. Like uh, making something in your basement or your garage is a lot different than you know a GMP certified clean room that you know you know for packaging and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, like I've, I've got a, a long history in the uh, like a family history as well as a personal history in the cannabis industry. And I think the more that I I work in the legal industry, the more I crave to help the people that I knew from before and helping, you know, because I mean, there, there was a time where B.C. was at the pinnacle of cannabis production. Like B.C. Bud was known all around the world as primo Canada the Mecca the Mecca that's right but um it's uh i mean BC um particularly but Canada Canada in general like we we're not really there anymore like i mean we're a fir- Canada's a first mover we really had the opportunity to to make it happen but you know we but um we what we need to do is we need to recognize those pioneers that went before us and you know try to get that knowledge and their information and and what they you know the love and the the brain power that they infused into all of that stuff that they did make in the garage and we need to get that to the people you know every passion that's right and the passion yeah that's right yeah some of them are very right. passionate because I mean these people they didn't they didn't um like there was they were you know bas- they, basically they were farmers and scientists and the only reason that they were breaking the law was because cannabis was illegal. You know, if they if if it was you know lettuce or tomatoes, they would have just been craft farmers, and you know all the stuff they they would have done would have would have been legal. But you know they they really took a risk to do what they did, and yeah, we really have to appreciate that, and we really have to yeah give credit to that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now that said, some of the people in the black market have have had a bit of a hard time moving across, just because you know you know when you've got a you know, stick it to the man mentality, that's not going to necessarily play well with, you know, public companies and all this kind of stuff. So, um, but, you know, if people like us can, you know, speak, you know, old school cannabis and, you know, executive and, you know, use that to straddle the, you know, the boundary between the two, you know, I think that they're, that, that's only going to accelerate our growth and, and, and create more and better, and interesting products
1: yeah yeah and speaking of legalization um there's there's a lot of rhetoric out there about how legalization has been a failure in Canada oh yeah and um you know it, it's you know I'm, I'm very I got, I got a little bit <laughs> upset about that last week yeah you did um yeah and uh yeah why don't you tell us some of your thoughts about you know first yeah. frame the issue for for the for our listeners in case they haven't yeah um,
0: so basically if you look at the media so um last month in October um cannabis 2.0 um, which is Canada's um, uh, regulatory um, framework for um, dealing with edibles and concentrates and and things that weren't flower basically um, all the like interesting things that we really you know a, a scientists really get all nerdy about and, and and love but you know all that media uh, attention was like well basically cannabis um, the the cannabis um, legalization has failed because people are still using the black market and there's a shortage of cannabis um, you know legal cannabis available and the quality of the cannabis is really low and, and all this kind of stuff but i mean it's only been one freaking year people mm-hmm. like you know the medical cannabis program in canada that that whole process started in the late 90s okay and in the late night or in the early 2000s when when it was the the very first original medical cannabis um uh, program I'll just a little aside Canada was the first nation in the world to legalize medical cannabis um, very and, proud Canadian that's right yeah. that's right and I mean like yeah I mean it's and, and I think that it's it's fitting that we're, we're now legalizing um, recreational cannabis as well but the medical program in the early 2000s if you wanted to, to be a medical patient you had to have a very supportive doctor who was willing to fill out reams and reams and reams of paperwork and if you man and you have to have some sort of like crazy terminal serious major issue and if you were lucky enough to get your um application approved you were then allowed to buy very mediocre cannabis that was grown in a mine in in um Manitoba
1: and what did this company uh eventually come become afterward
0: i Oh I fr- uh, yeah, what what did they rename Can- themselves? Canamed. Oh, that was Canamed,
1: which yeah. uh, which
0: was bought by Aurora. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I mean, they were a first mover and and I mean, they did it from the ground up. they didn't they didn't dip into that black market at all. You know, they took seized plant anyways, we won't get let's let's save that story for another day. yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> we're talking about um the perceived failure of of uh, the first year of legalization anyways, fast forward to. Uh, two months ago, I renewed my license. I spent 20 minutes on the on a video chat call with a doctor um, via a website. And um, you know I've had a had a medical um, license for for some time now. and um, within 20 minutes, we had confirmed my um, you know daily limit and confirmed my diagnosis and um, you know, I had an email in my inbox, you know, within an hour of that meeting and within a day of that, uh, I was registered with a company that was going to sell me medical cannabis and boom, 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 done. So, you know, that's that example, that very long winded example is what we're looking at in terms of how the medical program has developed over those years. So between, you know, the early 2000s and now, and it's taken a long time and it's gone through several iterations. It's still not a perfect program, but it's, but now, I, like, with that medical license, I have access to average cannabis um, that I can buy and use medically. So, you know, it, we've come a long way, yeah. So, to say that, you know, okay, so Canada, first G7 nation in the world to legalize medical cannabis, um, or sorry, to, to legalize recreational cannabis, adult use cannabis, and they, you know, they're they're totally out in the weeds here, like, like nobody's done this before. Nobody's done this on a very on a massive um, uh, national level. So it's it's a huge it's a huge learning experience. And it, it you know like they like and and then they're politicians, right? So like we expect way too much from our politicians. These are not the learned men and women of society. Learned men and women do not become politicians. Yeah, they do other things, <laughs> anything else, you know, and we've got to remember if these politicians were not politicians, they'd be selling secondhand cars, or, you know, they'd be an accountant somewhere, or chasing ambulances, you know, like these are, you know, people give politicians way too much credit. Um, and policy takes a long time to develop. So I think in the first year of, of, of legalization, like we did way better than... Is it Uruguay? Yeah, because Canada, Canadians can access medical cannabis. Or sorry, rec, I keep on saying medical. Recreational cannabis from our provincial retailers. Mm-hmm. You know, in Europe in Uruguay, they they ended up. Oh right. Little <laughs> <laughs> toy. <laughs> yeah. Hide that shit. Um, um, they in Uruguay. I think it was twenty fifteen that they legalized. Yes. And their so. and their citizens. Are allowed to grow it but they still don't have access to commercial commercially grown cannabis or cannabis products right so you know we've actually you know like the bar was pretty low but but you know we definitely um, managed to do better than the first country that that legalized it so you know I think I think we're doing pretty good yeah you know I mean I the quality of the cannabis isn't great but that's going to improve with time and particularly when the craft growers come in absolutely yeah I mean I think one of the big big things that can um, that our industry needs is we need those micro cultivation licenses because um, right now the people that the the players that are in in the mix now you know you like well I mean 2015 you had to have like 10 million dollars to open a, a an LP and you know now you, you need maybe two million dollars to open an LP but you You needed a lot of money, but the micro cultivators are the ones that are going to are are going to really help us move this forward because small scale agriculture always will give you better products
1: mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't matter if you're growing tomatoes or cucumbers or cannabis
1: you gotta sing to the plants that's right that's yeah. right, yeah, yeah you gotta really show it love that's right,
0: yeah, although I'm still I yeah, like having having done quite a few grows, I, I, I really don't like the whole like frolic through the uh the crop kind of idea because every time you go in there you yeah it sounds that's like just, contamination it, yeah it's just contamination. yeah you know touching the buds with your fingers and stuff but anyways but i i i agree with the sentiment
1: you definitely have you have to love your planet big daryl with his you know big baritone voice you yeah. know just serenading that's these, right uh, that's right yeah. simsilla plants
0: yeah so i mean we're you know, we, we haven't failed we've actually done really well you know and and considering that politicians uh you know okay so policy is written by smart people and then it's given to politicians who water it down and make sure that they're gonna win their next popularity contest. So, I mean, the, considering that that's what politicians do, I think the policy where it is now is, is good. Are, do we have room for improvement? Yes, 100%. Hopefully it won't take the next 20 years to improve it, but um, you know, I think one, so a few things that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, one is um, consumption lounges. I think we're getting close on the consumption lounges um, in terms of municipalities setting setting down rules and stuff like that. And the other one is farmgate. Yeah. Like I grew up in the Okanagan, tons of wineries, um, you know, huge industry, uh, and like I would love to go to a, a craft, you know, cannabis farm and have like a real experience around, you know. Like seeing where it's grown, you know, getting the education around, you know, organic farming or you know different methods and all that kind of stuff, and then being able to
1: roll up to the tasting room and get high on really good weed. Yeah, you know, I I um I was just yesterday or two days ago now uh, invited to Pure Sun Farms, which was oh yeah. Yeah. they did that dinner, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, nice. It was fantastic. I really like the management team. They're a private company, so their priorities are focused on small iterative growth, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know they they don't want to characterize it like this, but failing fast and learning hard and growing as you need to. And nice. you know the um, you know I, I feel very privileged, much like yourself. Like we get the opportunities to go to these sites and see the plants and and see how they're grown and, and interact with the growers. But we're very privileged being you know entrepreneurs in this industry. Whereas, you know, regular people who need the education the most, like we don't, we don't need to be advertised to you because we, you know, once you see a facility there, there, there's variations to that facility, but, but, but we kind of know.
0: Yeah. You'll see one element. You're like, Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you know,
1: but grows or grows or grows. Yeah, it, yeah. you know, uh, much much of the chagrin of many cultivators out you know, <laughs> they're like screaming at us yeah. and like canceling yeah. us right now, um, going on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but, but no, like we're very privileged because we do have access to these places, but I think the public needs to see this because to be quite honest, I was very disappointed with our last election where cannabis wasn't even a talking point. No. Like, there, and, and this is an industry that contributed, I think it was eight or nine billion dollars to our GDP. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's a huge, it's a
0: new industry, and it's a massive growth industry, and there's so much money and so much opportunity in it that, but, you know, the politicians, it, it wasn't getting them votes this time. No. It was
1: last election. Yes, it was. Not this election. Yeah, and, I, and they just sort of glanced over it. Yeah, I campaigned very hard. I got family members that have never voted before in their life saying, no, you got to vote in the Liberals. we got yep. to get this recreational cannabis up and running. And now we have it. And, um, and... Like you said, there, there are some some things, uh, room for improvement, but, you know, a lot of people don't have to worry about walking down the street smoking a joint. Well, depending on your jurisdiction, because yeah. each province yeah. and all that, there's still some details to work out there. But um, to be quite honest, like, you know, this, is, this takes one more excuse for the police to harass, you yeah. know, a, a free citizen um, yeah. walking down the yeah. street. Well,
0: it's about marginalization, right? Yeah. So we have, like, uh, you know, I always, you know, I commend like the Canadian, you know, ideology, um, because generally speaking, we really are forward thinking when it comes to, you know, an inclusive culture, you know, not perfect again, but, you know, cannabis, you know, for, you know, for the fact that, um, except for cannabis, my, my entire life, um, you know, I was a law law abiding citizen. I paid my taxes. I, you know, I did, you know, I crossed, the street at the crosswalks, you know, like... You helped old
1: grannies cross the that's street. That's right, yeah, that's
0: right. You're a good citizen. Indeed, indeed. But, you know, I enjoyed smoking a plant that, you know, somewhere in the 1930s, somebody decided that it wasn't allowed. So, you know, I was a criminal. I was marginalized. And I was, you know, it, it wasn't until, you know, a couple of years ago before I started talking to my family, my uh, a lot of my, you know, colleagues and friends about it. Um, because, you know, and for a... <laughs> A, a white male to feel marginalized i mean that's you know that's it takes a lot of work yeah <laughs> yeah it's only yeah. johnny law has that power that's right yeah so um yeah it's great that canada, canada has embraced cannabis and you know knocked that marginalization back a little bit
1: mm-hmm. i mean
0: yeah so um
1: yeah. yeah so there are there are definite benefits to legalization yeah. and i think you know, um, I'm all about positivity. Um, anybody who knows yeah. me from Twitter. I'm always screaming peace, love, positivity. Yeah. Um, you know, I try not to get into to battles with people online. Um, although I do like a good troll every now and again for those you know <laughs> you know people that really like to try and dig deep on me. It's like no, no, no. But no, if no. you get <laughs> trolled
0: by it, Alex, you're extra special.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Um, but yeah, I'm very I'm very much about you know positivity and like um, giving credit where credit is due. And and I do think that you know we should. Um, knock it off with a lot of the rhetoric that you know legalization is a failure because yes. it wasn't. Uh, we have an industry that is now enshrined into law and you know somebody who was struggling for opportunity um, exactly five years ago to the day um, when I had shared that joint with my dad on his 50th birthday um, now I go across the, the world. I was in Uzbekistan I've, I've been to all kinds of very interesting places. I've walked into boardrooms. And like, this was like, I was, I was never about that. And it's given me such opportunity. And I think that that's really what we should be focusing on and, you know, encouraging politicians, you know, communicating with them and saying, we have a voice, we have power. We're bringing, you know, billions of dollars to our economy. And it's not just the scientists or the business executives. um, It's, you know, administrators, it's janitors. Cannabis is for everyone. Yeah. HVAC, um, electricians. You know everybody who you know, and then all the like supports. the culture
0: side, right? So you know you've got people that are you know creating events and and cooking food and mm-hmm. and making. I mean, like you know movies and music wouldn't exist if it wasn't weed. us like, <laughs> yes, be you know, well. if, Or other or other drugs. Which or, we'll, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be allowed into boardrooms if if it wasn't for cannabis. Like, yeah. I, It's it's really given me a lot of opportunity to sort of like get to the you know get yep, to, right. yeah and and get to advise the people that are the movers and the shakers i think mm-hmm. it's great and then and then back to the point about positivity i think why we're seeing a lot of media negative media reaction to the the whole first year of cannabis legalization in canada is because positive headlines don't Get clicks or no. pay, um, you know, or get views or you know pay for advertising and stuff like that. So you know we've got all these, these um, polit or sorry all these um, reporters that are you know they're digging for the story that's going to get the clicks and, it, in this case it's 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 not it's not what happened mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but we'll uh, we'll also uh, we'll put. Critique of media on the list of things yeah. to talk about. Because that's, that's another whole long story we yes. want to get into. Outrage yeah. media, yes, it, do,
1: it does certainly get the clicks. You know, yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's like porn for the for the intellectual mind. That's
0: right. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we, yeah, we uh, we uh, I guess you, you know who we are and uh, what what we've been talking about. So I think the next um, thing that we had on our list to talk about today is just like. I guess our our why. So like, why did we want to create a podcast? Because uh, we like to hear ourselves talk. Let's be honest. Yeah, but that's not the only reason we're making a podcast. <laughs> no, you know it's, 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 it's not funny. the only <laughs> And um, you know, there, there's a, a proliferation of cannabis podcasts out there, and um, I guess to like, do we really need another one? Yes, well, well it's course. us. Yeah, it's us. Well, you know, well it's us. Everyone wants to hear us. You, of course, you, you <laughs> need to hear us. Really honest, you really, honestly do. I, um, I think I had a pivotal um, uh, YouTube um, view about three weeks ago. Um, guy named Jerry V, um, who's a very popular. Gary V. Oh, is it Gary V? Gary V. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was so pivotal. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> his name.
0: Anyways, that guy. Um, he yeah, he's a he's a very he's a very famous. Um, uh, Social media influencer and marketer, um, who I actually didn't come across until he did a video on um, the cannabis industry because apparently he's transitioning to the cannabis industry. And so, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, he, I gave a, a, a talk in Oakland, I think, which is this video that I saw, um, which I sent you a link. But it, it's okay because I can summarize it in in very in a very very few words. And basically, he's like. You know, if if you're in the cannabis industry and you want, you know, you gotta you just give back. You know, so you know, post a white paper on, on um, LinkedIn or create a podcast or or um, you know, make a YouTube video or whatever, right? And and he, it, the his message really hit home because you know I consume a lot of cannabis uh, media. And cannabis and <laughs> cannabis, yeah, um, sometimes together. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, it's like the entourage effect. Yes, yeah. <laughs> a... hand in hand. Um, so, but just getting the just getting the word out there, like because it's such a new industry, everyone has an opportunity to put their you know their unique voice and and talk about you know interesting segments of the of the um, of the industry, and so um, that's what that's sort of my. That video really motivated me to want to start just doing it, and you know, this is you're clear. It's very clear that this is not you know the very perfect um, podcast with with you know the perfect intro and all that kind of stuff with but the
1: foam on the walls. We got no foam on the walls. We've got no we're foam on the walls. We're foamless. <laughs> yeah, we're foam, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, You can probably hear a little echo, but um, but just getting out there and doing it and and making the content and and getting it to the people and then because at the end of the day. It's the audience that gives you feedback and say, "Oh, that's really good," or "Oh, that's crap." Do do something different, yeah. or whatever, right? So I think that it's, uh, yeah, just important to, uh, to, yeah, to get the word
1: out. So that's my motivating factor. Yeah, just get out there. Um, yeah, what one of the main reasons why I want to do the podcast is I have a lot of very interesting private conversations, and yeah, we have weekly interesting conversations. Yeah, we don't do. We? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and they're very fascinating and. You know, I think particularly as we mentioned before, we have very unique viewpoints on the industry being, you know, our experience experiencing industry, you know, how we kind of have transitioned from the unregulated to the regulated market. And I think it's important for people to hear, you know, what's going on in our heads and, you know, just to sort of share with, with the it? hive mind. It is. <laughs> it is. No. Yeah, it is. Well, I think it's important. Of course I, think it's, it I think it's important too, Therefore, yeah. it is. <laughs> um, but, you know... I, I really feel that, you know, giving back, I was actually just volunteering at the spirit plant medicine conference and I really do enjoy serving the community and cannabis has given me a lot. The community has given me a lot. I've, I've had a lot of people help me out, um, you know, um, you know, special shout out to like Desi Pavlova and Jenna Valiriani. They They're big early supporters of mine. Um, they actually gave me the opportunity for my first podcasting opportunity, Ooh, nice. and uh, public speaking opportunity, and I think I've done like nine podcasts now, and um, I've been to, I think, 15 or 16 uh, uh, stage presentations. Yeah, you're prolific when it comes to that stuff, aren't you? Yeah, right, yeah, right. I just I love getting up there and just like screaming about scientists, uh, you know, about science and all that, so. If you get a chance to see Alex on stage, definitely y- worth it. Yeah. Um And uh, so I I really think that, you know, I just like giving back. I like having these conversations and just hearing what other people think. Like, do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, I like stimulating conversations. And I think that's really Yeah,
0: if everyone agrees, it's not very interesting, is it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah.
1: And well, and a perfect example, it's like everybody's on like the you know, legalization's a failure oh, train. Right. It's like, well I think yeah. it's important for people to say, well, ac- well actually yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a little whisper of a voice.
0: Actually, I don't I don't agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: as, as everyone's like yelling that that it's been a failure. Yeah. So yeah. You know, I, I just I, I feel that we have a um, a unique perspective. Um, you know, no better than anybody else, but a unique one nonetheless. And just sharing that with other people to stimulate conversation, thoughts, and um, you know, I, I really think that that's important to uh, engage with the community. Yeah, I totally agree. So you you actually um you mentioned the the plant spirit medicine conference spirit plant medicine spirit conference plant yeah. medicine conference <laughs> um held annually at UBC in here in Vancouver. Uh, what was your highlight? Oh my God. Okay, so um. Well, first off, I just, I, as I said, I really love serving the community. Um, you know, some people go to church. You know, I have volunteered all my life, um, whether it was uh, within a university or outside a university, um, in the community, in the cannabis industry, and now in this new burgeoning um, psychedelic industry. Woo-hoo. Um, yeah, woo <laughs> Um And I, I really think that we can take a lot of lessons from the cannabis industry and apply it to... Um, you know, whether it's, um, you know, psilocybin mushroom microdosing or uh, other psychedelic uh, microdosing. Um, so what yeah, the medicine, uh, you know, the medicinal
0: application of psychedelics as well as um, the, uh, you know, the the more recreational side of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: Um, so a big highlight for me was just hearing a, a spectrum of people from, um, you know, you have, you know, you're, you're kind of hippie. Uh, uh, you know not using that as a pejorative I actually I call myself a hippie um, but like you know like hippie healers like you know that the talk about love and more of like the intuition uh, part of the, these, these the healing, healing side of things exactly yeah. um, to you know where you have like Dennis McKenna or Paul Stamets up there talking about the was science. Paul, was Paul there? No, he was oh, not. Not right, this yeah. year. No, there was like a- he's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. absolute yeah. favorites. Last year, when I because this is my second year volunteering at the Spirit Plant Medicine Conference, I was actually one of the um, handlers for Paul Stamets and Dennis McKenna, as well as other yeah. speakers. Yes. Yeah. Dennis is an amazing guy as well. He's an yeah. incredible human. Yeah, and uh, that was also another highlight. Yeah, like, this
0: this conference really brings in some heavy heavy hitters too. Because Wade, I think Wade Davis was there this year as well. He, he was. Yeah, actually,
1: yeah. So I got some some one on one time with Wade Davis. And nice. you know, this is somebody who who uh, learned from Schulte's. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, he he learned from the mouth of the master. Yeah, like, like literally, it's yeah.
0: it's like you know, I just it, it yeah, fills just, me with great joy. Yeah, he cut his teeth in the Amazon studying psychedelic plants like. You know, like, this is the kind of guy that Alex and I want to be like when we grow up. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, <laughs> furling our beards, talking about, you know, journeys and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and yeah, like, just spending time with and uh, serving um, Dennis McKenna as well, um, you know, making sure that he was comfortable uh, yeah. uh, on stage, on time, and... Um, being just in the presence of these people, it's it's a great privilege. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. And big, just big take you don't away. even
0: need to uh, like they don't even need to talk. You just can
1: by, by osmosis. You just yeah. pick up their you know energy and their wisdom. And yeah, yeah. One, one of the greatest compliments I got was uh, Wade Davis because I I like I made sure that you know to give him space. Yeah, you know because yeah. he has a lot of fans, of course. of course. Yeah. Um, but you know also being mindful that you know it's it's lunchtime. It's like yeah. okay, Wade. You know I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you your food. It's gonna be in the in the speaker room you know waited by the side made sure he was you know got all that out of the way brought him there we had a nice conversation and then afterwards he's like thank you very much for your kindness and it was just like it was just so like filled me with great joy yeah yeah that's that's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah incredible so yeah um I, i i really like the um you know that that conference and the kind of people it brings along and i always feel very uh, fulfilled and refreshed afterwards. It was like three days Friday Saturday Sunday from like 8 a.m. until 11 p.m yeah, It's m. pretty intense volunteering
0: um, Experience isn't
1: it? Very uh, in fact Monday I just took it off and I think I slept <laughs> like you know four or six hours just during the day just yeah. uh, recouping all, all that yeah. back another uh, uh, another advantage of being an entrepreneur. That's like, right. Yeah, not today. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, not today work. <laughs> um but yeah, I um, I really do honor and respect the, uh, the you know the people who came before, especially in that industry, and being yep. around them. Um, obviously, you know, uh, if it's not known now, um, I, I am a consumer of, of uh, psychedelics, and um, not all the time. I choose to consume responsibly, and um, you know, I like to use this as a tool, not as a, a recreation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm joining a, uh, as a, a director of, of Roadman Investments, which is, their, their whole prerogative is to deploy capital towards companies that will be developing psychedelic medicines with the aim of going to clinical trials. So cool. So yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm very, yeah. very yeah. happy for that.
0: Yeah. I too am a, a user of psychedelics. Um, I actually, uh, in my, the very last couple of semesters of my, my second undergrad degree in anthropology, I I I I was introduced to Schultes um, and and figured out that you know you could actually study psychedelics academically, um, which kind of like that set my path you know so I yeah and then I I I did all my postgraduate work um, in. Psychedelics. And Um, what what plant was that? uh, I uh, studied Salvia divinorum, which is a short acting hallucinogen from Mexico. Um, And uh, if you um, get onto YouTube and search Salvia divinorum, you'll find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos of people smoking it and videotaping their reactions. Um, (laughs) And for better or for worse, I'm actually very glad they did because it actually. Um, created the foundation of of my first master's research project. I um, I did a you know a YouTube ethnography of all these people on on YouTube that were smoking it. It's incredible, incredible because it's a you know the plant was used traditionally in Mexico, uh, but then um, it was sort of a detached from its traditional use, brought to the West, you know North America and Europe, and um, and then we developed our own way of doing it. Um, And and there's a whole, you know, ritual and a culture that's developing around it slowly. Like, I mean, when, like, obviously the Mazatec in Mexico have been doing it for thousands and thousands of years. Um, White guys like us have been doing it since 1992. (laughs) So we've got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of development to be done and all that kind of stuff. But it's um, a very interesting, you know, thing to look at culturally as, as... as these psychedelics are, you know, that, that knowledge is transferred to different, um, different places and in, in, into different cultures. Um, I've also been microdosing since, well, yeah, uh,
1: I guess I started microdosing in 2010. Um, so, I've been doing it well too. before the the popular wave of microdosing. Yeah, yeah. Before Wired and, and you know, That's right. yeah. and, and Gawker and so all these other. All of
0: that stuff came up in about 2015. Yeah. Um, but um, I actually came to it in a little bit of a different direction because I went to visit. So, I um, did um, both my master's degrees in the UK, and um, a friend of mine at the same time. oop, oh, got a little bit of uh, background noise there. Damn seaplanes. Damn seaplanes. Um, so a friend of mine, he was he was doing his uh, master, uh, MBA at um, Oxford University. So at Easter, I went up to o- Oxford to, to hang out with him and his partner. And we went drinking in the, I think it's the Brass Eagle. It's a very, very famous pub in Oxford. Um, and, you know, people like Tolkien and stuff like that um, used to drink there. But um, Crick and Wasson, it was the place where they... Um, they announced their eureka moment when they had they had figured out the double helix. They you know they walked into the bar and said eureka, and this is what we've done. And so that that was their like
1: talk about raising the bar, hey, like
0: <laughs> like
1: you know, yeah. who else is going to come in with an announcement even bigger than like, yeah, yeah, announcing yeah. the structure just, of DNA? There's just like, no way, yeah. yeah. There's literally like like the biggest epic mic drop, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in like yeah. bar history.
0: Yeah. By the way, we you know Nobel win prize winning you know um, um, discovery. Uh, can I have a beer, please? Yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, this one's on the house. yeah, anyways, I
0: got really interested in the story. um and uh, you know the the whole um the whole story around the science is always very interesting um, to, to me anyways. and uh, yeah, anyways, I got onto it. So um if you dig at the time, if you kind of did, uh, I guess i I googled something like you know, Wasson and Crick, Brass eagle or something along those lines, anyways, I got into this article um, that was published when I think it was Crick when he died, basically saying that he had admitted to one of his colleagues that during that time, during the time they, they were discovering the um, the double helix and all that kind of stuff, he was taking small doses of LSD. Not big epic doses, but just very small doses. And at the time, you could just call up um, Switzerland and and order a vial of the stuff from, um, I think, was, it-
1: was Hoffman still alive at that time? Oh yeah. uh, I believe
0: so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hoffman only died a, a, a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so no, yeah, over. he was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He was still alive. I don't know if he was. He was working for I think it was Sandal, um Labs in in Is it Sandals. Sandals. That's, yes. That's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm. Yeah. Turn on the mic. No more pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways,
1: out the window.
0: So at the time, so so you know, um, you know. Uh, they they definitely could have got access to it and so but it really got me thinking about you know taking small doses right like um, yeah you don't have to take an epic dose you know like I, I'd come up through the ranks I'd, I mean I've been doing psychedelics since I was very very young and but you always take these epic doses and get really really high and stay really really high for a really really long time so um, so at, at, as it happened at the time I had a really nice bottle of LSD in my fridge and so I read that article and I uh, you know, did a little bit of math and diluted some of that stuff down and spent the next, um, the next month taking it every single day. Now, if you now look into protocols, like, you know, Paul Stamets has a protocol and there's a uh, there's a Fadiman. Fadiman's got a yeah. protocol and stuff like that. So there's a few protocols out there and none of them have you taken every single day. <laughs> but like that time in my life, it was it, like, I was hyper creative. I was hyper focused. And you know, living in London, it was a—it's a, a very—it's a very dark city. It's a very lonely city. Um, you know, not a lot of people live there. Like it's very—the—the um, the population fluctuates a lot, right? So nobody it's like ever a commuter city. Yeah, nobody ever really puts down roots and stuff like that. So I was—you no. know can afford to. I know. Well, yeah, I, I don't know how I afford, afforded London. Like I was, all... the skin of my teeth the entire time. <laughs> but. I had this bottle of LSD, so it didn't really matter. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's all good when you have bottles of LSD right, lying around right. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and, uh, yeah, no, like, it, it kind of, it, it got me, it put me out there. I was very, very creative um, at the time where I needed to be creative in my academic career. And, um, yeah, and, and, um, and so I really sort of, like, I, I got onto it. But also at the time, you know, like, I mean, like, we're, we're not talking very long ago, you know, we're talking... Yeah, eight nine years ago now but you know the stigma attached to to psychedelics was still super heavy especially in the uk like you know you didn't mention that to people you didn't know at all right so basically i've kept this microdosing thing under my hat um until yeah i mean and then in 2015 and 2016 things started to bubble up and you know when it hits Wired and all that kind of stuff, like I, um, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this it's no is, longer tired. It, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, so it's, yeah, it's something that you can um, you can do, and and apparently I'm not the only one that's been doing it for a long time. Like you know, um, you only really hear the stories about the um, about the Silicon Valley CEOs, but you know, there's actually a really great book called um, the crap what's it called the best day of my life or a, or another a good day a good day That's, yeah yeah a good day and I've, I've actually um read most of the book but watched a few talks by by the woman who wrote it and stuff like that and she's you know she's a writer you know a regular person like like you and me and and sh- and she took um micro doses of lsd and you know had had a really excellent experience and and it you know increased her productivity you know it Helps so better living through microdosing LSD. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with me, like, uh, don't I don't microdose with LSD anymore because I can't get my hands on it. But um, uh, sil- I, I use small doses of psilocybin, and you know what I really notice now is because be- because it's what I need in my life now is that it really um, it's it's great for my productivity. Yeah. Um, and and it gets me up every morning, and it gets me thinking. A little differently but not too differently than I'm totally out to to left field or anything like that and um, yeah I, I' you know it keeps my mood stable because you know I'm prone to you know depressive bouts and all that kind of stuff um, just like everyone else um, and you know Vancouver in the wintertime it's it's maybe not the happiest place on earth it's Like London light <laughs> that's yeah that's right <laughs> London light yeah 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 You've got good people and good food and good culture, but yeah, it's just, it's dark and rainy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, microdosing, highly recommended. Um, And then, I mean, yeah. So above and beyond microdosing and a 10-year career as a psychedelic um, academic, um, you know, I've used all the drugs.
1: So, you know, I I really would love for you to just share, you know, one of your accomplishments in psychedelic um, research. Um, Speaking of Dennis McKenna, um, he had that uh, compendium, what was it called again? Oh, right, that's the EPS 50. Um, so I'm,
0: um, yeah, I mean, like uh, we, I, my professor Michael Heinrich and I, we um, uh, sort of trimmed down some of my research and yeah, we put it in, like, yeah, Dennis, um, he curated this incredible, um, like uh, edited volume of, of um, psychedelic literature or like research and literature from all over the place and um, and yeah so I was I was very very lucky and very very um, privileged to be one of the authors in that um, in that book and then it also uh, it coincided with a, a conference in in the UK Oh, which I was unable to go to uh because it was a long, long way. But luckily my professor lives in England, so um he he actually went and presented our our findings and our research. But um yeah, so uh what was
1: that conference called? ESPD fifty.
0: Ethnopharmacologic search for psychoactive drugs. Okay, yeah, so that, that was ten times fast. Yeah. <laughs> um EP ESPD fifty. That was close. Yeah. That was close. Um so I, I'm gonna commit this to memory since I'm I'm actually published in this book. But yeah, so the the conference was the at the Ting Tingdom Institute, I think, and um I'm not having a good pronunciation day. <laughs> Maybe I I just the way that I pronounce things in my head and then the way that they come out are are totally different. So um so yeah, Dennis um he based this whole um project um on a another conference that was held in 1967. Um and um, it was in San Francisco, and so he it it, um, it had been one of his um, sort of goals or you know his, his dreams to sort of get a similar conference in a similar edited volume back um, together, and so all of this happened in 2017, and then they re-released the um, 1967. Um, research in in the book, and then um, so that's I think that's two volumes, and then they, they did the new one with with all of our research in there as well. So definitely check it out. Um, we'll uh, we'll put a link and stuff, I guess, when we get that all organized.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a, it a great honor to 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 be to be uh, in that, and for it was yeah. for Salvia Devonorum. Currently. Salvia Devonorum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically, like my
0: entire academic career was based on Salvia Devonorum. So um, that's yeah, that's I I. Kind of uh, that research got um, cycled through um, a number of, of iterations, um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm glad. I, I'm a real privilege to be part of part of that, and and you know, and to uh, like, I got to meet Dennis McKenna, who's like a, an amazing person and just an amazing, amazing human,
1: super smart, yeah. amazing human. Like you know, yeah. he yeah yeah, another person that I like to be like when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I and, and we're very fortunate because he had recently moved to Yeah, he's a local now. Yeah, yes. Yeah, he yeah, so he's he's like within arm's he, reach. He doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be our friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I kind of told him that, you know, he's <laughs> like, "Okay, yeah, well, just reach out." <laughs> he's like very yeah. modest, you know. He's um he's like this this giant in the psychedelic space, but um he, he's one of the most down-to-earth people that like, you know, if you didn't know who he was he like he, he wouldn't tell you like you know oh he's, he's the brother of terence mckenna and like you know they helped popularize a lot of like the mushroom and yeah and, yeah and psychedelic culture yeah um yeah wrote, wrote an incredible book on growing mushrooms and you yeah. know like
0: yeah very very smart um and intelligent person when it comes to uh,
1: to psychedelics yeah yeah so yeah, we'll be his friends soon. <laughs>
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we've talked about a lot of stuff today. Um, hopefully we've given you a, a little, um, peek into our minds and, uh, and sort of what to expect from, um, from the next, uh, the next podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: tell, I you think get, you got to tell us what you think.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Good, yeah. bad, and ugly, but yeah. be constructive. You know, we're, yeah, yeah. we're
1: very sensitive souls. That's you know? right.
0: Yeah. 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 And, um, and, uh, and feel free to troll Alex on Twitter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Here we go. No, no, I'm just joking. I, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, so, um, uh, of course, it's a real pleasure to sit across the table from, uh, from uh, Alex the chemist. And, um, yeah, we're looking definitely looking forward to, uh, to next things. But um, I guess we're going to have to figure out some sort of sign-off. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll edit in some music and and uh, some, uh, an outro or something like, like, like a yeah. jig of some kind. That's right. Do you know? do 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 yeah, we'll, we'll yep. do a little dance. Yeah, well, yeah, we we'll have to find some uh, some royalty free music to uh, to check in here so we don't get uh, stung.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or just you know some 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 great music. Yeah. That's right. They'll yeah. let them come after us. They have to yeah. listen to our podcast. Then we'll know like we're. Hitting oh, that's audiences. right. Yeah, then yeah. yeah, then we know we're big. We'll, we'll put in Kanye, and we'll get like YouTube or Google after us, and it's like. Yeah. You know, then we'll get the Barbara yeah. Streisand effect. We just
0: got, yeah, yeah, that's right. We just got to be careful of what we pick because we don't like Metallica or something. Yeah. Know,
1: they have a lawyer. They, they listen to every podcast. They need another yeah. gold Ferrari. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, again, thanks for listening and uh, please let us know your thoughts. Um, and we're hoping to do this, what, weekly? Yeah. Weekly sounds good. Yeah. You know, yeah, it fits yeah. into my schedule. Me too. Yeah.
0: Um, so, Ivan and Alex talk about cannabis and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you know whatever is floating around our brain that week. That's right. Yeah. As <laughs> You've already seen evidence, Uh, as you've already
1: experienced. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. And stay safe. Stay safe.